Well, when I was growing up, one of the things I said in youth groups, and said in uh, sermons and things like that, and one of the things that was, that was preached pretty clear was be careful about peer pressure. Because peer pressure, you know, it can get you to do the wrong things, go the wrong direction. So overall, peer pressure was a negative word. It was a negative thought. <laughs> because you've got to watch out for peer pressure. But I want, you, I want to tell you that we live in a completely different age. Not that negative peer pressure isn't bad, but as a whole, in our society today, it's completely opposite. Where before, peer pressure was watch out because the peers can lead you the wrong way, and the parents and the elders and whatever can sort of give you right guidance and direction. Now, it's just the opposite. Now, peer pressure or they call them influencers, are setting the trend, are guiding our young people, are being having the biggest impact, and they have multi, multi-millions of followers in these world influencers. They're celebrities from, from, from all different spectrums, from all different kinds. You could just see these uh, influencers making a difference. And, and so much so that if they... The top-end ones, the really big influencers, the one with millions of followers. If they put a post out about a product just one time, it's a million dollars that they've made. A million dollars. And you think, why would any company pay someone to post one time about any product? And you can imagine, if they're willing to pay a million dollars for that one post, how much more money are they going to make? <laughs> Because someone sees it, even a 10% of the 58, 100 million people that follow it see it and do it and like it and follow it. And it's just, it's a, a, amazing. But there's, a, there's actually a new rising group of influencers out there. And you can see them. In fact, I was, I was getting, doing some research and, and looking at them, and, and they go to um, this one. Uh, I, don't remember the name. Uh, actually, I do. I just don't want to promote it. But you, you see, you see the name, and and she is. She has her own stores that she opened up, and she does these world traveling. And they, you see her pictures, and she posts about what she does and what she likes and all that. But here's the crazy part: she's not real. The biggest growing uh, in world influencers are AIs, totally created. Now, I don't know how they do the interviews. I don't know how they show up in all these places and have their own stores and do all this and do grand openings, but they do. It's just amazing. But it's an AI actually created the photo, the pictures, the saying. And the reason is, is because instead of paying some celebrity that could be a little bit moody a million dollars, now you've got a 24-7 uh, uh, AI influencer that's saying and doing and, and, and creating all these type of things, and people flock to them. This one, I think, was, has like 100 million in Indonesia. People following her, it. They call them the it girls. <laughs> whatever. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's uh, T-I backwards. But every, whatever, they, that they're doing this. But here's the crazy part. Here's even crazier. People follow them and listen to them and do what they are saying that they should buy and they should do. And they're AIs, but the crazy part is they know they're not real and they still listen to them. They know. They know this isn't real. 
this person, what the, it's just a computer doing this and just an AI doing all they, they know, and they still believe, oh, wow, this girl says that we should do this, and she's my influencer, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy, buy this. That's the crazy part. And they're still following her. They're still doing all this. And it, it made me think for a moment, you know, I've read the scripture many times about how in the last day they'll believe a lie, they believe the delusion, and I'm thinking, I, mean, I always thought, what? You know, that's sort of crazy. But then you look at our world now, and you look at this, and you think, we're not far off. <laughs> it's crazy that people know it's not real, know that it's just a computer, know it's anything like that, but believe it so much that they'll do everything it says. Now, what's interesting about this week, here we are in this week in the Super Bowl uh, Sunday, and, and the, in, the influencers are, are everywhere, <laughs> To the jerseys we wear and everything that, that happens, it's, it's all out there. And it's good. It's fun. I, you know, I, I love football as, as much as it, 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 ever. And this year, it's even different. Usually, there's just two teams you root for. <laughs> you know, like everyone's either one way or the other, even actively or passively rooting for the 49ers. Or you root any, anybody? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody cares. Or, 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 or 49ers. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs. No, no Mahomes lover. Oh, come on. Whatever. So, but now there's even a third. Because some people have Mahomes jersey, and some people have the Purdy uh, 49ers. Uh, not the pur- pretty, but the Purdy jersey. I can say all kinds of things. I'm going to stop right there. But the jersey. And then other people have the third team. You know, there's a third jersey they're wearing. It's the Taylor Swift jersey. It actually, it actually says Swift on the back of it. And, it. and that particular team is bringing in more money than the other two combined, just about. I'm probably not. But it's just crazy. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about something very important, though, in the midst of all this. We're having fun with football, and we'll have more sports analogies than, than I've, you've ever heard all, all season, but I get to do them. <laughs> but you know what's crazy is this simple question. Whose jersey are you wearing? Whose jersey are you wearing? And do we wear, okay, well, I'm wearing Dak's jersey and people give me a hard time, you know, except Ginger. Love you, Ginger. Because <laughs> someone, someone, someone out there. But I just want to let you know, I believe in the impossible dream. That's what this is. <laughs> but whose jersey are you wearing? And I want to bring that thought into spiritually understanding something. Because I think it's such a great picture for us this morning. Whose jersey are we wearing? In Mark chapter 9, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, just three of his disciples, and they, they go up to the uh, they go up to the, the hill. It was a pretty high mountain, it says. And Jesus gets to the top of that. Gets to the top of, of that place. And all of a sudden is transformed. Transfigured right before them. He literally glowing in the dark. <laughs> they said, in one, one gospel says that his, gospel, his clothes glowed whiter than the whitest fuller, which is a, a cleaner, could ever design, could ever do. Just simply were glow, just so bright. It was incredible. It was an amazing moment that they have, they see Jesus is all God and Jesus was all man. Both have to absolutely be true. And I've said that many, many times, but it's a theological foundation for our salvation. 
So this was one of those moments that the glory just couldn't be contained, <laughs> that his glory just, just broke out, and, and that people were seeing his glory. That's the amazing thing. They were actually seeing the glory of God. In, in fact, it's such a rare thing, you don't find too many instances of it. Maybe another one where, where the, when the three young men were thrown into the fiery furnace, and then as they were there, the king, the wicked king, looked up and says, I see four. And the first thing he noticed is they were walking around free in the midst of a fire. That's a whole sermon right there. I'll preach that one day. They were walking around free in the midst of the fire, enjoying themselves, giving each other high fives. You know, all kinds of things were going on, playing a little football. I don't know what was going on, but they were enjoying that. And then he says, but there's a fourth. Didn't we put three in there? I could have sworn we put three in there. And then everyone says, yeah, yeah, we put three in there. So why are they walking around free? And why are they not hurt? And why does one of them look like the son, literally, he said, the son of God, <laughs> something supernatural, because I think Jesus was walking around, a pre-incarnated Christ, the son of God was walking around in there, and, and, and they saw, the king saw his glory. Just incredible moment that all this was going on, that everything w- w- was happening. So let me read that, just so we're uh, clear. It says, then a cloud appeared, verse 7, and covered them, and a voice from the cloud. So they're there. <laughs> Peter, James, and John are on the ground because they are petrified. Don't tell me you won't be scared. You know, you ever, you ever walked, you know, and it's sort of dark at night, and a fog comes rolling in, and you, you know, have a, there's a foggy night. It's just something to like, mm, you know, not too sure, probably because you watch two horror movies. But, but you know, uh, it, it, it's unnerving. Imagine God's glory coming in a cloud. And then on top of that, he speaks out loud. God audibly spoke to, I think, to Peter. <laughs> but he says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And that wasn't to just Peter. That's to you. It's to me. Who are you listening to? Who's influencing your life? What jersey are, are you wearing? What's going on in your life, how are, how are you, you're, you're, you living, and what is, is it? Because, you see, Peter tried to do his best, and don't we do the same? We're just trying to get right. He was petrified. The Bible says he was so scared, he didn't know what to say, so he spoke. Never a good moment. Because I think the Bible says somewhere, uh, don't open your mouth and prove you're an idiot, okay? So sometimes you just be, you be cool, just lay back. That's what he should have done. That's what James and John did. They just said, I ain't saying nothing. Okay, Peter, he always stepped up. In fact, here's, here's the crazy part. I think Peter is the only one that was rebuked by God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know that? He was, here, here's God saying, no, 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 you got it wrong, Peter, and we'll talk about that. And, and then when he says, you're not going to die, Jesus says, you're, acting, you're talking like Satan, those are Satan words, don't be saying that to me, and rebukes him. And then later on, after Jesus rose from the dead... The Holy Spirit spoke through Paul, and Paul because Peter was pulling away from uh, what he knew was right and was hang, and the, hang, pulling away from the Gentiles, and Paul said and rebuked him. So, Peter, here's Peter. And if there, so if there's hope for Peter, there's hope for you. Come on. You know, because he was audibly rebuked by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's just, I just find that fascinating. So, but God says to Peter, no, 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 you got it wrong. 
This is about my son. Listen, because what did Peter want to do? See, what happened is that Peter looked up, saw that, didn't know what to say, and said, hey, I got it. Let's build a tabernacle, a booth, uh, a tent, a memorial for each one of them. I'll build it from Moses because he represents the law, which he valued very highly. And I will build one for Elijah because he represents all the prophets, all the word of God. And I'll even build one for Jesus. You see, I think Peter thought, I'm going to elevate Jesus. I'm going to lift him up and make him as important as the law and as the prophets. Follow me? And God said, Peter, you're an idiot. If you've never heard God say, you're an idiot, you're not listening. Because every now and then, God will do that. Say, no, 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 to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit does it in such a loving, graceful way. But, but either way, when you hear it, you go, okay, I'm an idiot. <laughs> because he missed it. He said, this isn't about the, 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 just the law and just not the, uh, the prophet. This is about Jesus, who is everything. This is my son. That's what God said. Listen to him. And that's our thought for this morning. Who are we listening to? Who's influencing your life? What's influencing your life? What are the things that are the voices that you hear in what's, what is going, going on? Here's my first thought. If we're going to listen to him, we need to understand that listen to him by only wearing his jersey. Now, I'm not talking about this physical thing. People dress up however they want. I don't always approve, but sometimes I do. <laughs> you understand? We all, we all have our stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about it. Don't be thinking literal, thinking spiritual. Whose jersey are you wearing? What, what is going on in your heart? And we have to wear only his jersey. You say, oh, I, I wear his jersey. I, I gave my life to Christ. Okay, let's talk about that. Have you ever seen the parents that have, in a rare occasion, two sons playing in the same game, whether it's college or or pro. They're, they're, and so what, the, what they do is they, they have this sort of a unique thing where they have a divided shirt. <laughs> on one side of the shirt is like 49ers. On one side of the shirt would be, be you know, like, oh, what's that other team? What are they playing? Um, uh, I don't remember. Whatever, whoever's playing. In the, Chiefs, I'm teasing you. Come on. So and, and they're, they're divided. And this is what I've noticed. They try to root for everything. But they don't root really hard because how can you say, wow, whoa, whoa, that's right, because I know I do this, like you probably don't do this. Because like when Dallas is like actually winning, then I want him to win like 99 to nothing. <laughs> keep scoring, keep scoring. I don't care. I don't, whoa, 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 beat him in the ground. You don't like that. Pastor, you talk like that? Only about football. <laughs> Never about you. We want to do, so what I found is those in watching, and just in my observation, those that are, have divided church, they root for, uh, they don't root hard for either. So in the end, they don't root for anything. And when we are divided, and we wear two different jerseys, the jersey of ourselves, the world, whatever, and the jersey of what God wants us to do in our life, I find that we believe in everything and then we end up believing in nothing. So what does it mean to wear spiritually more than one jersey? It's what I call Christian syncretism. Christian syncretism is the number one issue 
in our world today as believers in America that we have to deal with. Christian syncretism is where we believe God. <laughs> I believe Jesus. I believe I go to church, you know. You know, I laugh at some of Greg's jokes, but they're not all of them. But I, 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 I do that, you know. But I also think this is right. I also think this is right. I don't even need to name what these other things are. But this is what the world believes in. I said, oh, that's okay. God loves this and God loves this. It's okay, you know. And all of a sudden, we start to add all these other things. And what we find is we believe so many things that we believe because we've added all these other things into our lives. We've added, and we think, it's, it's okay. I, I remember, I'm in high school. I'm playing football because I was on the football team, so I'm cool, right? <laughs> you had no idea how cool I was. I had hair right down to here, you know, a neck that was about like up to this, you know, and I was just cool. Just loved playing football, loved doing that. It was always part of, of this. It's not that I, I, I originally wanted to play football because in, in my... Uh, in my, where I was growing up, in sixth grade, they would test everyone on a musical score. And so they would know whether to go into choir or band or whatever. And my boys, my, my brothers, my two older brothers, scored off the, top, off the chart. Oh, like then one of them uh, was, both were band presidents and all state in Texas. And, and one of them even wrote songs and has gold albums on these walls. And so, you know, they're really talented musically. Well, when I took the test, I actually came home and said, said hey, where am I? What, what, am I gonna, uh, what instrument am I going to play? And Dad, just in his loving way, put his arm around me. Got it on my dad, loving guy. Put his arm around me. He said, Dad, I mean, um, I said, Greg, have you ever thought about playing football? <laughs> true story. That's an absolute true story. And was, no matter how bad I was, in middle school, it was so bad I played in the uh, halftime because that's when all the scrubs played. That's, and they were up there, my parents were up there screaming for me. So they always supported my decision to play football. But I remember in high school, I wanted, I was with these friends of mine, and I wanted to play, I wanted to be cool. But I was a Christian. I grew up in church all my life, and, and I love God, and, and, but I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to be cool like my friends. And so I decided to add cool to Christ. It's never a good idea. But I wanted to make Christ a little bit cooler because he wasn't quite cool enough for my friends. And so I thought, what am I going to do to sort of relate to him and let him know that Christ is cool, you know, and it's good to be that. And so we're, we're walking along, and they, they cuss a lot. I didn't cuss. You've got to understand how I grew up. If, you, if you, it started with a ga, it's cussing. Golly, gosh, oh, my God, never happened. Never would do that. I mean, you, might, you, don't, see, you don't say any of those things. In, in fact, <laughs> when I had a youth pastor once, and the boys were pretty young and things like that, and he said crap all the time, and I said, you can't say crap, because crap is cussing, he's like that. He says, that's crap. I said, I know, but you can't do it. <laughs> you think you never hear, you think you say crap. That's just the way I grew up. So i got to understand, I want you to let me know my predicament. I'm walking my fence, and I think, I don't know what to do. I'll say damn. Damn, sort of in the Bible, damnation, whatever. You know, the NIV, they took it all, it, it, took it all out. But you understand, that's, I, I'll say damn. I'll just say damn so they'll know that Christ is cool, that it's okay. So I just, I'm just going to add it to my vocabulary, just do that. But I'm thinking, I don't know how to do that. How do you do that? How do you say that? I know. You should know what goes on in his head. 
So I'm sitting there and I'm walking. And I'm like, how do I say this? How do I say this? How do I say this? More damn like this. Like that. I know. I'm thinking that like that. I'm thinking. And, and so I, I honestly, honestly, to be totally honest, I don't remember how I said it, but it was something like, that's a, that's a, that's a damn thing. And it was just weird. I just, it was weird. I'm just thinking, oh, man, because I had no passion. I didn't really kind of, but I wanted to make Christ cool because Christ isn't cool enough. So I needed to add. Don't get lost. You understand what I just said? I needed to add. I needed to say, this is, this is more relevant. This thought is more 21st century. I need to do this. You know what the crazy part was? We were walking along, and they didn't skip a bit, beat. They didn't look up because they hear that word in their head so often. They didn't even know I said it. And I said, damn, I didn't cuss for anything. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> when you add all these different theologies, all these different thinkings, and we add it to it, then all of a sudden it becomes destructive. See 2 Peter 1.3, I love this. It says, his divine power has given us everything. Somebody say everything. Did the rest of you hear that? <laughs> everything. Everything we need for godly life. It's all there. Everything we need to love, everything we need to forgive, everything we need to, to be righteous, everything. His power has given us everything. And then we think, oh, that's not enough. Did you, did you see what I said? His power's not enough, so we're going to add this thought. This is, this is like, this, this should be make me relevant to <laughs> Make me up to date. Make me 21st century. This is something I need to add. So Patrick Mahomes takes a hike, running back. And he has two receivers. And one receiver is thinking, man, I never get the ball because he never throws to me because they do dumb routes. I don't like this route. I'm going to be covered on this route. And so I'm not going to run this route. I'm going to run my own route. And there's the other receiver. And the other receiver says, I'm going to run the perfect route. So he runs the perfect route. So what happens is Mahomes steps back, and, he's, and all of a sudden, here comes this incredible 49er rush. Somebody said, amen. Anyway, here comes this rush, and he looks over here, and the receiver is not where he's supposed to be because why? He ran his, he ran his own route. So he scrambles because that's what he does. He scrambles, he scrambles, he's like that duck, weaves, bobs, you know, and looking for his other receiver, who he sees finally over on the right, just standing there. Why? Because I did my thing. I ran my route. Now, they're in the Super Bowl because neither one of those do that. <laughs> those receivers move, and they just adapt and move. If you don't get the ball, you keep going. Somebody say amen. If it doesn't go like you plan, if it doesn't go like you think, you got to keep moving. you got to find it because... The only way for the quarterback to find you is to somehow to get in the right position. But when we do our own thing, when we say, I'm going to do, I'm going to wear the jersey of self, and this self jersey says that I can do my own thing. God loves me, so if I decide to act this way or behave this way or think this way, then that's okay. That's, that's the way, that's the way. I want to do it. God will still love me. I'm still on the team. But you're actually wearing a different jersey. So when the quarterback sees you, he goes, I don't know you. Whoa. Or over here, when he says, I did it. 
I ran the route. What more you want? I showed up. I smiled at everyone. I shook their hands. You know, I told them they looked nice. Not. But I, I told them, it's like, whatever. I did, I did the thing. I gave through my little money in the offering. I did, I did my thing. Now I'm going to go home and live like I want. You're not wearing the jersey right. You're not wearing his jersey. You see, 2 Peter, I love this, chapter 1. Verses 5 through 8. It's a little bit long. I sort of condensed it down, but it gives you the same point. It says, make every effort. Really, 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 really try. Don't just run the route and stop. Make every effort to add to your faith, to your belief, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, kindness, love. Because if you add all these things, here's the thing. If you, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, that means they need to keep coming. <laughs> it's not like uh, 40 years ago, I gave my life to Christ, and I did that, and I'm, I'm good. No, that's a start. Remember that my scale? That's one. Keep, keep walking. we got to get to 100. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep adding these things. If you possess these qualities, I love this. I love this. If you, these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Ineffective and unproductive? I don't want to be a church that's ineffective and unproductive. I don't want to be a believer that's ineffective and unproductive. I don't want to be a father that's ineffective and unproductive. Or a loving spouse that's ineffective. Because you know what that means? Useless and fruitless. And I think so, so often people say, hey, I, I'm, I think I'm wearing the jersey. I got it, but we're there wearing their own jersey. And we become as a people, as a body, as a church, useless and fruitless. That does nothing. <laughs> it's too heavy for Super Bowl Sunday. Just want to know. Okay. Because this is where we live. And this is what I'm talking about. This is, who, this is where we live. So often we fall into this useless and fruitless category. We think, I, I want to do my own thing because it is... It is doing your own thing. It's not wearing his jersey. Because sometimes you don't like wearing his jersey. Because other people rib you, rib you, you know. Bunch of losers. You put on that Christian jersey, come on. Now I'm hitting home. Yeah, you act like that. Why, you don't run around? Huh. You, you, don't, you don't do that? Make fun of our jersey? If someone makes fun of your jersey, do you? You just not wear it. You just take it to another. You, or, or you only wear it at home. I don't want to get out with this jersey. <laughs> I don't want to go on stage and preach in a, in, with a, a losing jersey. You know, so I'm not doing that. So come on. Don't get lost in the analogy. You know what I'm talking about. You have to take off the self jersey. You have to take off the, the minimal jersey. That's what that other one is. I just do what I think I need to do to get to heaven. Skin of my teeth. If I show up, God, can I get to heaven? Build me that mansion. Walk on the streets of gold. Can I do that? I can live my own life. I can act like I want, but is that okay? Or are you willing to take off those jerseys and wear his? Even when it, it doesn't go right, you have to run and keep scrambling, keep running around. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, just as sure as Mahomes always gets away and always throws the ball and those receivers always catch it for a touchdown, it will happen to you. Keep running. 
Keep, keep believing. Keep adding to your faith. Here's the second thought, real simple. Listen to him by giving away his jersey. Okay, now I'm confused. You just told me to wear his jersey. Now you're telling me to give away his jersey. Yes, that is the point. That is how God wants us to live. Because you know what Paul said, the Apostle Paul in the Bible? He said, follow me on Instagram. Okay, he might not have signed Instagram, but he would have if now. He said, follow me, follow me, do what I do, watch me, behave me. So this, this thing about don't do what I do, do what I say, no, no, that's not going to work. And the world has seen that and says, I'm not following you. But when we say, follow me as I follow Christ, as I do the things that Jesus wants me to do, as I do those things, then you follow me. Be, let me, this is what Paul's saying, let me be your influencer. Let me give you his jersey. Let me show you how to wear it. You see, the coach figures out the game plan. I mean, he gets his orders from the owner, especially someone owner that likes to be the general manager, but not saying anything. And basically, his, his orders are win. <laughs> so the coach goes, okay, I'm going to win. So he devised a game plan and tells the offensive coordinator, this is what you got to do. This is how you're going to do that. And the offensive coordinator figures out all the plays to do this. And then the offensive coordinator calls in to the quarterback and said, this is the play. He gives him the, like a, I think the what they do is give him a raw play. And then the quarterback has to figure out, I'm going to do this, that, I'm going to do this, and, and adds all the thing in it that needs to do. And then the quarterback goes up to the line, and he has to uh, maybe change it, call it an audible, maybe do different things. But what happens if the quarterback says, no, I don't want to do that. What, I, don't, I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. You know, that actually happened, I believe it was the last game of the season, where the quarterback says, man, this guy hadn't had a touchdown, and we're on the one-yard line, and the game's almost over, so let's just run the play anyway. The other team, they ran the play, and he scored. So, yay, this guy got a touchdown. But the other team was ticked. And the coach had to act like he was, uh, it was cool, but he's thinking, okay, how's that going to work when all of a sudden, in a, your special incidents, you decide to make your own play? How's that work? Doesn't work out very well. Doesn't really do what it needs to do. And that's exactly what happens with us. Because, I love this, John 10, 27 says, my sheep, my people, listen to my voice, and therefore they know me. And therefore, they follow me. They know me. They hear my voice. They hear my voice, and they follow me. But not just hear, because a lot of people hear and do nothing. We have to, if we're going to wear the jersey, if we're going to wear his jersey, if we're going to know what it means to live for Christ, we're going to have to wear his jersey and listen. Because when you get up to the line of scrimmage and the quarterback is about to hike the ball, he's calling out all kinds of plays. Do you ever wonder, how do these linemen or other people make like $10 million a game and jump off sides? You got one job. You even know what the snap cap count is, and you jump off sides and maybe run a whole drive? Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? Does that just drive me crazy? Does anybody else think? You know. And I wonder if Gabriel's up there going, are you kidding me? You keep jumping off sides, you keep doing the right thing, wrong thing, and making the wrong decisions when Christ is right there and he's telling you what to do and giving you the play and telling you the snap. I mean, you mess it up. Uh, come on, somebody. Why, why do they jump off sides? Because 
I think, whether they, the reason they jump off sides is they got a thousand things and a thousand voices going off in their head. Because not only are they listening for the quarterback and then the changes he's going to make, but, you know, the defense is saying stuff as well. They're yelling the formation, and they're yelling, they're, they're yelling all kinds of things. They can't imitate the snap count. That's the NFL rules. You can't imitate whatever the snap count is. But you can say all kinds of things, like, yo, mama, okay, just, I'm just saying. If you haven't been on that green line, you just don't know what goes on down there. So you're just thinking, I can't believe he's talking about my mama like that. I'm going to bust him up. I can't believe that. I'm going to jump along up like that. And all of a sudden, you're just like that, and they're yelling, yo, mama. <laughs> What voice are you listening to? Because when we have voices that are filling our minds and filling our hearts, then all of a sudden, we can't hear what he's really saying. You see, this, let me just show you something real quick. There, you realize there are, three, there are three different types of people in your life right now, every one of you, and you are one of the third, one of the three. There are builders, those that and help you. Don't, don't always just say everything you want to know or everything you want to hear, but they help. They're building you up. There are consolers. Consolers uh, just tell you what you want to hear. They're, they're like the mirror. So if you're sad, they're sad. If they're happy, you're happy. They just, they're just consolers. They're just sort of neutral. They do nothing. And then there are destroyers, those that try to de destroy and tear down who you are. You better know in your life who's the builder, who's speaking into your life, especially when it comes to Christ, who is just mirroring, not really doing anything, and then who is trying to actually destroy your faith. You better know that. Now, I'm not saying, oh, that means I shouldn't associate with him. No, I didn't say that because that's how they come to find Christ, and that's how people you know, grow. I, I don't, don't not, not that. What, what, but you got to know who they are. You got to know, oh, I know what you are. You're a consoler. You're not going to really tell me, man, that's not good. I love you, and I, I want only the best for you, and that's not good. You don't do, don't do that. Or, no, oh, that's okay. God will understand. That happens all the time. It doesn't mean anything. We need to become Christ builders for other people, Christ influencers. 1 John 4, 7 says, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. I'm going to throw something at you. It's not too hot, too late. You're going you're to get this. Now, listen to this. We wonder, how should I love? I want to love, but I don't necessarily know we understand that, understand that love comes from God. But listen to this. Love is not defined by loving. Love is not defined by loving. That's what the world says. Let me tell you what love is. Love is uh, if, if they're loving. No. Because if the standard is what everybody, what anybody thinks of love is, then it means nothing. And there is no love. The standard is always set by something higher than yourself. The standard is set by God. And God says, this is love. This is love. 1 John 4.10, this is love. Not that we loved 
God. Love is not that you love. That's not love. Love is not that we love, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for us. In other words, our love has to be His love. Paul can't say, follow me, because we can go have some fun. No, no, no. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So it's not about just wearing the jersey. It's about how you give the jersey away. How you help somebody else. Knowing that you say, oh, I, I can't help anybody. I don't even know anything. You may be right. But if you know that God loves you, you can give that away. And you can love that way. The sacrificial way. The way that God wants us to love. You see 1 John 4, 19. This whole 1 John 4, great passage. Go home, study this. Read this great thing. 1 John 4, 19 just puts it in a nice little capsule. We love because he first loved us. If, he, if you haven't received his jersey, you can't give it away. Some people try to do that. Let me give you a jersey. Here, here's this one. Self-esteem. That will always fail. Let me give you a jersey. Here, 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 here this is. Temporary confidence. Well, that's or excuses. Let me give you this jersey. It'll, it doesn't matter. It's okay. The only, the only one we can give is Christ. At the end of the Super Bowl, probably, not for sure, but I've seen it many times. The winning team. The winning team, someone on that team will take off their jersey, spin it around, and throw it into the stand. Throw it to a fan or throw it into a crowd. And it will be sought after. It will be the most precious thing ever. Wow. Wow. It could be alignment. They don't care. I wouldn't care. <laughs> I don't care if it was, if it, it was whoever the winning team is. I don't, even if I wasn't rooting for them. I'm rooting for that. Because <laughs> everyone wants a winning jersey. Everyone wants a winning jersey. It becomes the most precious thing. And that person, that person grabs a hold of that and says, you know what? Wow. Do we understand that when we give Christ away, when we really love him, care about him, that it becomes the most precious thing ever? And all you have to do is wear the jersey and then give it away. And the most amazing thing happens that only God can do. When you give the jersey away, God gives you another one. <laughs> it's like it was never left. In fact, it all of a sudden it has more stripes. And it has more decals. It has more whatever. And you just keep giving it away. That's what God wants for every one of you. Understand whose jersey you're wearing. And then give it away. Love somebody like Christ loved us. And watch and see what happens. It will become the most precious thing ever. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. What a great God you are. What a wonderful God you are. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you would just speak to every single heart. If there's anybody that has any shadow of a doubt what jersey they're wearing, God, your word teaches us so clearly that if we just confess, God, I need you, and believe what we're saying, 
that you will do it. No matter, no matter what other things we are, no matter whatever things we've done, no matter how bad we think we've been, God, I pray that for every single person in the sound of my voice, watching online, in this room, wherever they're at, that they just say, God, I need you. Forgive me. And Father, as you give us these jerseys, I pray you give us the love, your love, that enables us to take it off and to share it with somebody else and let it become the most precious gift ever. We thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen.